welcome back to Glee on the Rocks. I'm Af. I'm Emily. And I'm Mandy. And this is an episode. Episode 27, actually. Episode 27, doing episode 6, season 2. That, uh, that episode we've all been anxiously waiting for when we can finally discuss Beast and her storyline and her as a character. Yeah, I've been really looking forward to dissecting the, the really vital character of Shannon Beast. Haven't we all? I think it's good. I think she's a really strong, uh, productive character in this show. You know, really lends to a lot of Totally brings really, things really positive. And not at all like a punching bag or a yeah, caricature. Not, not reductive in any way. No, no, the, the show treated her so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really, the show should just be called Beast and not Glee. You know, I, I agree with you. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to actually step back to say, you know, I didn't actually read the summary of this episode. I just jumped into talking about Beast because That's I was how excited you were. Yeah. Excited. It was, I was. So let me, let me just take a step back. So because maybe there are some people that don't know what the storyline for this episode is. Well, they're listening and to the wrong case, podcast. You're listening to the wrong podcast. Well, let me, let me help you out there a second. So like we said, uh, sixth episode uh, of the second season. Uh, here's our, here's our summary. With sectionals near, it is revealed to New Directions that Dalton Academy and the Hipsters are their competition. Will announces the Glee Club's second annual mashup, Boys vs. Girls competition. Will changes the competition with a twist for Kurt, so boys perform songs originally written for female artists, and the girls sing songs traditionally sung by male artists because hashtag feminism. When Kurt tries to prep up the boys, they send him to investigate at Dalton Academy, where he meets Blaine and begins to fall in love. At the same time, Kurt struggles with bullying at school and Coach Beast is picked after uh, Finn and Sam find an unconventional way of controlling their urges. A few Glee Club members pick up on the strategy and start using it too. But when Coach Beast gets wind of what they're up to, the Glee Club has them explaining. Uh, the episode is the second of four mashup contest episodes. And this episode was directed by Bradley Buker and written by Brad Falchuk. I just really I don't like the word urges. Well, urges i don't like it no no super crazy so let's 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 start with i guess um i don't even know is it at the a plot line are they trying to make the b storyline the a plot line it's not right that that is the b plot line uh i I mean it takes up a lot of time right between the beginning of the episode where sam and quinn are making out and that whole thing happens a lot of time it does take up I feel like that was supposed to be the A plot. I think it was. Okay, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's talk about let's talk about the A plot then. I mean, in in your defense, um, as calling it the A plot line, this was the uh, lowest viewed um, Glee episode to date, and it had what was like ten point something million viewers at the time. Ten point nine million viewers. Um, so it was the top rated show for the night, but it is the lowest season low at that point so so what's interesting and i know we're like totally skipping over actual plot stuff and and talking about the ratings but what has always been interesting is that after this episode the ratings just trend downward all the way to the end like from this point on they just continuously decline i mean which in is, some in some cases that's not unsurprising because as that does happen oh, I'm, I'm excluding show. the um the fo- the the Super Bowl episode because that doesn't count on any metric because it's after the Super Bowl. Right, right. But, but like I just think it's so interesting and it it gets worse after original song, right? And it really tanks yeah. after original song, which I, it, it's been one of those things like did it did really the gay scare people away? Is that actually I mean, what happened? I I actually do think that that might have been a pretty significant part of it. I think it is too, because well, yeah, because I mean, if you went into it on right. season one, I say if you went in on challenge season one, you had um, high school, snarky high school romance show with a gay character, and after season two, you have while we while we bitch and moan frequently about them being the like in the background, they were a very prominent 
uh, Blade and Kurt were a very prominent beeline. And if it wasn't them, it was um, Santana and Heather. And then mm-hmm. you also start bringing in Unique and, mm-hmm. uh, and Karofsky having his issues. So, like, you definitely start having a more heavy hand with um, a, a non-traditional sexuality being, being you know, prominent in storylines as yep. opposed to just being, like, the gay character. So very well could be. I would, I would argue, I don't have the numbers to back me up on this, but the longer a television show goes on, the more it's going to see a drop. It, you're not going to, you may, if you have a special episode, Super Bowl for one, uh, special guest stars, et cetera, be able to momentarily like bump your ratings, but you're never going to be able to actually have a precipitous, you know, uphill climb when you're like going over six, six years you're going to, uh, it's going to be a steady, a steady drop-off. Now, I think the idea is that you have a steady drop-off or you just kind of like hold at like something. So it's like, cool, we've dropped, like we've, we've gotten rid of our, you know, the 80% who aren't our like core audience and we're just holding on with these and we can maintain. But yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, I'm if surprised you, to hear that, they, that their drop-off was, so now I want to go back and do like the numbers. No, no, if you look at the ratings, um, Never Been Kissed got 10.99. It stays in the 10.11s through mid-season two. It hits original song at 11.15, drops to the next, the next episode drops to uh, 9.8 and just continues down, 9.8, 8.6. There's- Yeah, no, I I really want to do a a sort of, I want to do like a a slope line of their drop off and compare it with a you know a variety of other shows either both at the time or similar mm-hmm. to see if they have a a, a similar uh, loss of you know viewership. Um, so I I am now I'm now thinking of data and numbers and well, things I think, of which I want I think I do. I think this is one of these where we live in a bubble where this kind of media is just completely normal and expected mm-hmm. and there are people who were watching glee for i don't know what reason not the gay and then right right hot wind and we're like but this is not what i was expecting like well suck it up home fry like this is what you're getting from now on and they left yeah i Which, do i do yeah. think it's definitely that i i agree that shows can't have a like steady upward like momentum but I do think the beginning of season two is pretty early to lose it completely mm-hmm. yeah it, yeah it seems to be especially when there's some good stuff in season two and three occasionally sometimes. yeah there are I mean like there, there definitely <laughs> there definitely are some good things seasons I two and three are, are some of my favorites so I, again I mean it's, it's a good point because what perhaps what we're looking for as far as in the show what we want isn't obviously what the rest of the country was looking for maybe um, mm-hmm. which in which case I question their commitment to you know good content but that's something I definitely question a lot doubting their commitment um, to sparkle motion absolutely <laughs> so jumping back into the um the beast storyline I know we really want to talk about this um, just get out of the way man just do it Okay, so one. First of all, how you, dare you treat another female character like this? Is all I have to say. Another. Uh, yeah. No, I'm going to say at this point, she is considered female. And that is the whole fucking point of this episode, which we'll come back around to if we ever get to that other episode. But yeah. like, the point of this episode is that she feels like a woman who is unappreciated as a woman. Am I not? Am I wrong? Is that. I miss no, I think you're, I, I think you're here, which isn't to say yeah, that I, the show should ignore the trans community. It can't and doesn't, but the way they do it, nonsense. So in this well, episode, I think, Beast, I, I think I, I and what Beast is, is is somebody else or not somebody else. That's incorrect. Is she transitions later? At this point, there is no indication of anything. Yeah, of her of her being mm-hmm. anything but you know. And identifying as a woman, so so we're going to use the pronouns of the current episode. Yeah, exactly. Correct. 
which is which is obviously much different. You know, if you actually had writing that made it go, oh, uh -huh. there, there's you know seeds planting. That's that's not happening here. Um, so the idea that you're just going to have another a lot. I'm just going to go back to where <laughs> I said that I don't think Ryan Murphy likes women. Um, like I don't it. think Ryan Murphy likes men. Women. <laughs> I, I just don't think he does. I think he, he may like individual women. Mm -hmm. He likes Liam but Michelle. Like, <laughs> that, was, that was kind of what I meant, yes. Yeah, <laughs> he likes Liam Michelle. Um, maybe Lady Gaga. I don't know. But like outside of that, I just don't think he likes women. And he does not care when writing them at all. He just, ugh, the idea of, of taking this character, which um, you... you I kind of liked that, Shannon, that you had a female football coach. Oh, yeah. Sure. I liked that. I liked that about with, with Beast. And, okay, she was, she was more of like a, 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 she had more masculine traits mm -hmm. um, than, uh, than, say, Sue, but then Sue was also pretty masculine, I guess, so at times. But the idea that they're going to, I guess, lean in on, making it seem like those masculine-ish traits or her being a football coach are somehow a negative mm -hmm. is bonkers. Yeah. And Word. I don't under, I don't understand. And I don't think I'm adequately explaining just how much it, it, it bothers me that it's like, cool, you are non-traditional in how you represent yourself. So therefore that's, a, that's not a good thing. And it's like, no, that's, that's, that's literally the opposite of what we've been, like, trying to, you know, do here. So, um, okay, thanks. It's, it's very uh, typical Glee that's like, we're going to pretend like the show is actually about outsiders and, you know, people who don't fit in, while also making sure the, the like, martyr-type characters are the attractive white people. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, this episode is basically Beast being Shoes, like, charity case of the week. And like, yeah, patronizing. Well, also, weirdly, well, also weirdly, um, the way they like the way they shot it, it was as if they're at, like they're wanting the audience to laugh at Beast with the kids, and it's sort of and it's just like that just feels weird. Like, like when she's making a wedgie. Yeah. Yeah, like 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 it's it, like it's point like as if it's like ha 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 you're in on the joke with us and i'm like no nah, i don't really don't want to be in on this joke with you guys yeah yeah no 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 also side slight side note also kind of creepy that that they're making her de her her desirability is being based off of high schoolers yeah off of whether she's attractive for teenage boys mm -hmm. yeah like, no, <laughs> no. This 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 show has a problem with the 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 line between adults and kids clearly, and part of that is because you had uh you had adults playing kids, um and a giant man baby playing an adult, but um it just it's it's just continually frustrating that there's somebody that somebody just in the writing room didn't go hey wait a minute why would this 30-something-year-old woman care if a bunch of, like, 15-year-old high school boys find her attractive? Yeah, especially when or there are she's... other teachers in the school that she could be having issues with. Like, she has a crush on the math teacher or yeah, a, totally. a, a TA or a substitute made fun of her for being more masculine than society dictates is appropriate. doesn't have to be 16-year-old just... boys. Well, then it just kind of also devolves into one did you not think of it which is a problem or two did you think of it and think that that's an appropriate response for women because women women always care what all men think regardless mm -hmm. of age or appropriateness and therefore if 15 year old boys don't you know see you as desirable that would be uh emotionally devastating to a woman and like that's a whole other category of uh we we got to talk i mean i get that so. they were going for you know a, a less conventionally attractive woman feeling like an outsider and glee loves to have charity cases of the week where someone feels a thing and then everyone gets to tell them how to feel 
but it just would have been more interesting for me if her thing was that she didn't care that people kept trying to say like you should really put on lip some lipstick and she was like i'm the fucking football coach i don't give a shit mm -hmm. and that she's perfectly comfortable in her non-supermodel body that would have been very satisfying because it, i i just think it would have been a better uh lesson of the week to have somebody forthrightly be comfortable in themselves rather than your cliched i'm uncomfortable in myself and i need someone to tell me how to be happy mm -hmm. but already she's an adult and she finally got to a place where she's fine and that you get that in the show because very few people in the show are uh are comfortable yeah no they're not and which is fine. Like you need to have those characters, right? That you show people that not everyone is perfect and not everybody is happy and everyone has anxiety and everybody has all their shit to deal with. But you also need the characters who have come out on the other side already and are cool with themselves. Yeah. And I mean, they don't have any, but there's also, as you pointed out, and I think this is, it's one of those things like I knew, but I didn't know. Um, it's like, yeah, I knew that that was the thing they did, but didn't really think about it. How often they go, oh, it's like, I feel like this. And it's like, you shouldn't feel that way. It's like, yeah. cool. That's not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you for telling like, me that I shouldn't feel the way I feel. That really lights my life. It's like, it's like if you came to me, it was like, you shouldn't have anxiety, anxiety thoughts about like right. weird ass diseases that are going to take over your brain and eat it via brain eating amoeba. And I'd be like, like thanks. That's useful. That totally fixed everything. Sidebar. Like, that's, yes, that's you're right. Thing. I would love not to be anxious, but... Okay, that's not a thing that I have texted Mandy about at all. <laughs> no, never. Never. <laughs> never. Listen, I don't replay uh, conversations I had with people 16 years ago. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I... I I like that they also, I do like they'll show, hey, adults have issues too. Yeah. And I like that they, and kids have issues. And hey, these are often the same issues. But they never seem to, I just, they never seem to go about it the right way. Yeah, it's something is all, the tone, the message is just never quite, not never, is often just a little like, wait, what? Yeah, it's just a little left of center where you're like, that was, that was okay. That was a thing. So that that's one of my frustrations with, with Beast storyline is that they basically go, cool, we have this kind of uh, awesome female football coach that um, presents more masculine like than uh, society likes. And uh, we're going to have her just be really upset about that. But in a way that doesn't, I don't think actually moves her character. And it's just like, it's just very demeaning. Yeah, um, it's and then, very condescending. Totally. As opposed to just, you know, saying, hey, I've always presented a certain way and I got made fun of a lot for that. Mm -hmm. And I like this about I like this about myself, but I'm also a little insecure about it. I think there's I mean, there, there's honesty there, but that's not quite how it came across. Mm -hmm. And I mean, so, the, the I, other option the show could have gone with was like one of you mentioned earlier, Seeding the fact that Beast is uncomfortable and there mm -hmm. might be a reason that, you know, mm -hmm. she's just not ready to fully address yet. Right. Totally. Yeah. There but was... that would have required thinking ahead to future storylines and he doesn't do that. Not, to, oh, no, not no. to mention a serious sleight of hand to write it in a way that was like, I'm uncomfortable for reasons mm -hmm. that either I know and aren't comfortable telling or maybe I'm not fully aware of yet, but... You kind of so you can kind of plant the seed without just being like, here's the answer. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that they could do that. I mean, like a, a storyline that is, I'm uncomfortable for reasons that don't involve male consumption would have been <laughs> different if they wanted to try different things. Yeah. But no, no, it was entirely <laughs> about being afraid men that weren't attracted to it. And God, that, that is, that is, bid. That is yeah. such a good point. Um, yeah, yeah, it's all, it's all, not even just children being attracted like, to her, but, um. A story yeah. about adult dysmorphia that is, like, realistic in the timeline and that everything is not wrapped up in one episode. Mm-hmm. I'm going to add that to the pile of things I wish Glee was. 
Yes. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I'm also going to, I'm going to second your point, Mandy, that uh, bringing out body dysmorphia issues or just issues with oneself that don't relate back to how, how a man thinks about, mm -hmm. about the situation. You're like, cool. That would have been, that would have been nice. Also not a thing we got. No, because so men are trying to show. Thousand percent. Which leads me to my other frustration with this, this fucking episode. Um, what the fuck are you doing, Chu? Is it like in, I just want to know, is it in Matthew Morrison's writer that he was required to kiss all of the <laughs> adult females in the yeah. show? Because I don't understand, again, not a man, so maybe, maybe that's why, but like, I don't understand how this was supposed to be like the thing that fixed everything. Like, oh, you are feeling bad about saying about yourself it seems like I've never been kissed and I'm, I'm forgetting how old she is so I'm going to do the, what is essentially like a pity kiss oh yeah even Straight though we're friends pity. but it's totally what it is and it will make you better this is the PG version of um oh fuck what is that what is that thick term um the magic talk yeah <laughs> where like you have serious issues you've been abused you've been all of this other stuff but we're gonna have sex and everything everything is better because sex and that's what this was but without the sex thank god sex with a man too not just it adds it's gotta be the penis yeah 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 magic magic talk so well it's yeah. that and it's also like the disney prince you know where Sleeping Beauty and Snow White and mm -hmm. all that shit. Like, if you just kiss her, it'll make it better. It she'll awaken into her femininity. Like, uh, fuck you. Um, yeah, it's just it's creepy. It's weird. It's also <laughs> um, thinking about it in show. I'm like, how egotistical are you? I know, There's right? That too. Um, that, there's also a note here at um, our favorite website. Shout out to the Glee Wikia. Um, doing the Lord's work, doing, continuing to do the Lord's work as they're they they they're still updating, and we appreciate that. Um, so they there was apparently a deleted scene where Emma sees Will kiss Beast, <laughs> and that's all it says. There's nothing else. There is no follow up as far as like how that was received or taken. But holy shit! Okay, I Emma just walks away and moves. I just part of me is like what do you well I, I part of me knows how the writers would have dealt with this which was just like it, Emma doesn't either doesn't care or because they make her be like a doormat or um going the opposite direction where they're like it's always a love triangle but they're go but somehow it's gonna be a love triangle that that makes fun of Beast for being like why would she be somebody I would be sexually attracted to and that's how I feel like they would end up doing it is to make Emma feel better will basically end up throwing her under the bus. Mm -hmm. But also, holy shit, I'm really glad we didn't do that. <laughs> Justice for Beast. Yeah. Justice uh, for Beast. Um, there's, a, there's a tiny, tiny C-plot um, talking about uh, Puck and Juvie. And, Boring. Um, you know, it is, <laughs> but I do want to, I do want to point something out that mm -hmm. I thought was very appropriate. Granted, I think um, his point that nobody really wants to help me mm, mm -hmm. it is, I think, very accurate. Yeah, how come Puck is for, Mr. Shoe's uh, charity case? Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think it's especially, you know, granted Puck is, art, you know, white art and uh, at least white presenting. Um, I'm not going to speculate. But uh, that that particular reasoning that hey uh, the troubled child whomever they may be uh, is is always like nobody actually wants to help them they just end up from giving like performative mm -hmm. um, help unless they're like certain kind of person Finn Finn would probably get help. but yeah it's um, I think it was unintentionally deep like I don't know if there was actually like what they're trying that they're actually trying to make that argument for but I was like wow that like that that's very um very astute and yeah, never really mentioned it again but they weren't 
overselling it, right? Like they weren't throwing the idea of these kids who slip between the cracks of the school system and families and, you know, kids who are in kind of like a downslide of behavior. And it's just so easy to, to forget that they even exist. But they, the episode wasn't trying to say, um, let's not forget about our, our punk ass kids. Like, it just, it was a yeah. thing on the side and things on the side in Glee tend to be a little more well-written and I'm not sure why. I feel and like it's because they don't put as much, it, it's, it's almost like because it's not the focus. Yeah. It, they don't fuck it up. Well, yeah, and that's, that's a very it. typical Ryan thing. Like, he's good at initial ideas, but the more he, like, digs his hands in, the more he fucks it up. So the things that he thinks of are good and then doesn't touch are better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, just so, I mean, throw the idea out there really, and walk away. Yeah. It's never really talked about too much later, but, I mean, like, kind of off and on, but for the most part, I was like, that, that was a really, really astute point and really not really talked about much and that that like puck comes from a from a fucked up house Mm -hmm. i mean very and does not have a lot going for him and and nobody just seems to want to put in the effort to help him and or at least the bare minimum to help him and yeah so it's like i feel like it would be really really helpful I feel like maybe there's someone in the school whose job it is to look after troubled students. Oh, who would that be? Like hmm, maybe a pamphlet. Excuse me. She's got pamphlets. <laughs> Where's Puck's pamphlet? She made a pamphlet for it. All right. So I feel like we've we've danced around this topic. Long what enough. topic is that? Is that everything? Aren't we done? Emily, that's, would you like to? That's everything that happened in this episode, right? I can't think of anything. Absolutely. Else. Oh. <laughs> Sue had that one really good line about having to stare at some wounds. I liked that a lot. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we can come back to it with like favorite quotes, but Beast does have the thing of like, you crap on my leg and I'll cut it off. Like stupid non sequiturs. I wish that had been the response to Shoe saying, what was it? He said something about like, when you smile, you're pretty. Yeah, when you smile, you're pretty. Oh my God. It's, it's well, such a. <laughs> it's such a um oh god i would have loved granted this was before me too movement but i would have loved these to be like you can't tell me what to do like, i know can't don't make me smile. tell me to smile tell me to fucking smile <laughs> Ugh. okay uh i guess i guess i guess that means i'll 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 lead it no, to the i'm uh, gonna ask i'm just gonna ask a really important question yeah did you get a little flutter when you saw the dalton dome like when we came back from commercial break and the camera pans down from that iconic ceiling. And I that didn't it give it sarcastically because like it's a ceiling. But I didn't get I didn't get a little like a little flutter from that. Um I did get excited. Uh, <laughs> the flutter came with the the opening notes of the mainstream. And not not the clean theme playing when they run slow mo down an empty hallway. But the the music's nice, but like that scene has always just made me laugh because I'm like, that's so dumb, Blaine. What are you doing? That I is know some, it's some like teenage arrogance right there. It is it's cute. It but is. it's I don't know. There, there's, there's a the scene is adorable as fuck. I love it. It's it stupid because it's like I know because essentially it looks like they like where they were on the stairs and then where they are in like the um the warbler common room which i actually don't know question is warbler common room really a thing or is that a thing i think the warbler common room is a thick thing i think where they are is uh you know, when they're having coffee you mean no 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 because no. where they're where they're start where they're singing oh i like, think that's okay so we're like a library i don't think i don't think the warblers get their own fucking common room that would oh, be funny so look look thick has told me otherwise <laughs> Thick also told you Carol was a nurse. So. Yeah, yeah. It also tells me that there's no teachers at Dalton, which, by the way, one. you can't you can't disprove. No, remember oh, there's there's one one history teacher during Uptown Girl. But yeah, but that's next year. This year they don't have any. This year there are no teachers. They realized they needed to get one. 
they they spent all their money and yeah. uh, Wayne Scotting. <laughs> hey, when, you cannot that was, the money went to Wayne Scotting. That that was my theory. Blaine actually uh, ends up regressing back a grade because Dalton had no classes. <laughs> he was just that far behind. <laughs> That was that was that was left out of the brochure. We have such yeah. a great, you know, uh, policy. We're very tolerant. So zero tolerance, zero teachers. Yeah, <laughs> zero education. But your kid won't get beat up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, okay. but no. for people for people listening, what we're talking about is the introduction of one Blaine. I'm Anderson. sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, we just skipped that. If they're listening to this podcast and they are not aware <laughs> that Blaine Anderson comes in in this episode. I really need to question why they're watching this the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe because they took a I short question. Yeah. <laughs> I what you did there. I yeah. saw, yeah. Oh, and okay. and state so, for the record, Blaine is a fucking junior right now. <laughs> yes, I'm yeah. not going to argue I, on that because I value my life. He's a junior. I'm fine with that. He's a year older and he's got yeah. less hair gel. And I don't want to talk. I don't want to hear anybody with their bullshit. He's a, th- no. <laughs> He is the captain of the Warblers. There's no way a fucking sophomore is the captain of the Warblers. Is that? I I actually don't even know. Is that thick that he's captain? There's nothing to say that he's captain. No, I think it's just the fact that he acts like he's captain. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what makes the introduction so great to me because it really is Blaine walking up to Kurt going, I'm the most popular person in school. Follow me. Yeah. The Warblers are rock stars. Yeah, he basically says, I'm a fucking rock star. Yeah. Come with me, adorable, attractive boy gonna, that I, I, I totally don't obviously have affection for immediately. Well, he's his mentor. That's all that's happening, right? Totally. That's what anyway, the character is written he, for, no matter what Darren's doing. On- yeah, so and the, all this stuff has been dissected endlessly on Tumblr, which I think is hilarious. But, like, his shortcut is to go all the way around. Yep. So that by the time they yep. get there, they're already ready to go. Like, that's his I mean, version like, of a shortcut. That is that is a ballsy ass move there, Blaine. That you're and like, mm, cute boy. Kidnap, I'm gonna grab your him. hand and we're gonna we're gonna run around yeah. and school. I'm gonna make you breathless and I'm gonna make you breathless again. Yeah. Yeah. I see you. Um I do wanna back up slightly because um so we, we did well, I mean to t- talk about exactly how Kurt got there. I think that's important. Oh, I was I think so it's important. Boring. No, I just I think it's important to talk about the the uh, I guess he the impetus that sent him there. That um, even though uh, she Why was kind of half-assed, buzz. We'll get there. I'm trying to draw it out. Calm down. <laughs> but no, I mean, even though she gave sort of like a half-assed, sure, guys have to sing girl songs. So now. Kurt's voice totally works. He doesn't really try. He's basically like, no, you're a boy. You have to be over there, even though you don't want to be. And that clearly makes you uncomfortable. Problems. I have problems with this. Um, just the, the offhanded way of how the rest of the boys treat Kurt. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really frustrating. Endlessly frustrating. And is never really addressed. I mean, not really. Yeah. Because I mean at the end at the end of the at the end of the episode, they're singing an I'm sorry song to Beast, which by the way, who in their right mind accepts unlike that that they like that was an acceptable I'm sorry, you didn't actually say sorry. You didn't actually acknowledge what you did wrong. You Better. sang her a song which by the way did not have anything to do with what the problem was. Mm-hmm. But okay. So yeah, and he's just he's just in line, looking like he literally made their outfits because they look fucking fly. So yeah. like what's what's going on here? Like you just you just accept it, move on, like you don't care. I just deep down, it's like pointing out that as as Blaine said, you're gay and they're just gonna get some shit and you're just gonna have to deal with that. That's just what how it is. And I I'm mean, like, that's just of, bullshit. One of the consistent tones in Glee, and you have to give them credit, and I hate to, but is that Kurt has been bullied by people in the school the entire series. And nobody yeah. does anything about it, right? Like yeah. everybody in the hallway sees when he gets thrown to the ground. It's not like it's not like it's happening in secret, and it's not like it's happening where nobody else is around, and he can't prove he can't prove that he got hurt. 
It, it happens in the school hallway in front of hundreds of people seemingly every day and no mm -hmm. one does anything about it. So his, his decline, I guess, in mental health and, and his feeling of safety at school uh, is one of the things that rings true and isn't, it isn't forgotten and it isn't changed on a dot. Well, it changes, but like he, he gets bullied and he finally says it's enough and he leaves. And that is something that actually felt pretty consistent, especially considering the people who are supposed to be his, his outcast friends don't give a shit. I agree. I mean, I, I agree with you there. Um, I'm looking, I'm thinking and looking ahead a bit. So <laughs> that's a little unfair, but um, we never look ahead. Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it, I guess it, it is a good point for when he talks about uh, how hard it is being like, I'm the only out gay kid. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and just the number of, hey, these people accept me, but they still shit on me. Mm -hmm. It's like, and that's, that's the good. That's, right. that's like the good thing for me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, yes, shitty friends sends Kurt to, uh, to Dalton. He looks nothing like, uh, I'm like, did you do research on their, on their, on their, uniforms? Cause I'm pretty sure you didn't. Like, you just like threw some clothes on. Got his jacket. Yeah. Terrible, terrible outfit. Left his blazer. New kid. Yeah. He forgot, um, his, forgot his jacket, not his blazer, his jacket. My bad. That okay. Is so you, you clearly had some flutters at the ceiling. Mine was at the, the beginning of the song. Mandy, did you have have a a quiet bit of squealing, or was there just sort of like I'm gonna be Sad more adult about the situation? <laughs> to be honest, like as I rewatched the episode, my favorite part, I think, or the part that made me go, "Ah, that's Blaine, and I love him," is him trying to confront Karofsky, even though oh. he is the yeah. tiniest fuck person. <laughs> uh, yep. I think Kurt could have handled Karofsky better than Blaine, but he tried and I love him. I love he, that. If, okay, let's think about this. Lima, Ohio is 90 minutes away from Westerville. Yeah. 90 minutes. It is lunchtime because he says, I'm going to, I'll buy you some lunch, right? So mm -hmm. Kurt, Kurt called Blaine in the beginning, like in, during the school day, Blaine left his teacherless classes to drive an hour and a half. Which, by the way, you have to admit, is easy to do because of said teacher's class. <laughs> to confront somebody with his perfectly loosened tie. Like, what <laughs> What gay hero? Also, also I, I, without a doubt, I prefer season two characterization of Blaine. Oh, I'm hard... Absolutely. I'm, I'm a hardcore... Uh, Dom Blaine fan and I think there's like three of us and right. in the world and it makes me sad but anyway so I enjoy I, yeah. I season, enjoy two Blaine. season two Blaine is my favorite Blaine because he still feels like a person and not a like yeah. a cutie doll for Ryan Murphy to dress up and put in yeah. like ever increasingly ugly clothes I do like some of the outfits because I do like colors but they they, they, did, they do skew there's young there's colors, gonna, and then there's, like, the boys' department at Fred Meyer. Like, it, just because well, you have I'm a not, brother's budget doesn't mean you should shop there exclusively. I, I, will, I will hold off on any complaints about clothing until, until coming up on them. Right now, he still is wearing his very adorable uh, Dalton outfit with, uh, you know, nicely ruffled hair. Yes. So that's the, the ruffle in the hair, which is perfect. Because um, it's styled. It's not cemented to his head. I do, it's, it's really, I'm trying not to talk about season two and how he is here in comparison to like season mm -hmm. six and okay. the later season. And later like, cause. Six? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. season six and later seasons, like the unwatched season <laughs> nine of Glee. <laughs> the, the secret season nine that only we got a hold of. Yeah, by the way, guys, um, there's actually a ninth season and only we've seen it. Not it definitely. In... It just goes six and nine. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's no seven or eight. Uh, nope. No. Um, 
do so yeah I'm trying not to like do comparison or be like this versus that Mm -hmm. but yeah there is a there is a significant like difference and I like how in this regardless of whether some whether it's it's fake I don't think it's fake but it's a look of or feeling of um I'm I whether or not you have he has his shit together that's different but willing and and going to try to help help you take care of this yeah and I'm going to tell you what to do um but I'm going to I'm going to help you get there that Mm -hmm. you can take care of this bully and apparently I'm going to give you shitty ass advice because Blaine you gave him shitty ass advice (laughs) well like don't confront him (laughs) also like like you you they beat you up like granted we don't people that made Blaine leave we don't actually know what they did to Blaine because I'm pretty sure it's not canon what happened to him yeah I literally don't know yeah I'm sorry I'm just trying to split from later and later it is one of those things like at this point at this exact moment we don't know anything about the character of Blaine other than he got bullied and he ran dot 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 Kurt like that's that's all we know yeah and so I don't know the extent to which but it clearly it was enough to run away Kurt and um I just it's 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 I'm like okay so you got beat up badly I'm assuming and your your first like thing to tell to tell Kurt is you should confront him. That's like, why I love this blade. Scrappy ass little blade. Like let's go kick some ass. I do. I this is this is some type of why I like the I like the Blaine is a boxer. Blaine is <laughs> like he's got like a tiny little uh, like anger complex. He does. Um, he's like a Pomeranian <laughs> with a lot of hair and a lot of sass. And he's just and he's gonna let you know, but also he's tiny and adorable, and you could probably fit him in your pocket. Just full of contained rage, and and just and will let you know mm-hmm. loudly. He'll let so, you know, and he'll give you a photo of himself to put in your locker a day after you met. So weird. Although, although okay. around for people like here, have my have my headshot. I mean, okay, I, so, I I do think that's a viable theory. Seems right. Yeah. That's a viable theory. I do also like a different theory that I ran across in fic. I apologize now that Blaine is here. Half of what I talk about will be the this thing that I read in fic. You've all been warned. Um, is that basically Kurt like stole a photo that was on the wall as like <laughs> from like the student the student you know when in one of my schools that I went to they had like a photos for these students are like honor students and they're student cum laude and you'd have like your photo on the wall God, and in the fic it was like he saw it and he wanted it like I saw it I like it I took it I got it he, he Ariana Grande that shit and just stole the photo and ran out and I like that idea I mean if we're going with that I just kind of like the idea of the warblers leaving class one day walking down the hallway and everyone stops and there's a missing photograph and it takes okay. them all a second to figure out whose photo it was. Yeah, like, wait, what? Is photo. Well, no, because there's, like, that patch on the wall that's, like, discolored because <laughs> the paint's been covered Blaine, up for a year. Yeah. And Blaine is always, and things always there. And, and it's like, what happened? Mm. You know, he brought his own photo with him knowing that he would be an honor. Okay. And Captain of the War. Yeah. I do like that theory, but Blaine just brought his own photo, put it on the wall. There were no other students there. (laughs) (laughs) This is my wall now. My wall now, bitch. Oh, my God. So there's um, my favorite line. You're not alone? No. um, Because although that line just makes me now think of songs of Darren. So it's like it's a very weird intermix. Um, no, it's Blaine with his perfectly askew tie, his pants that are just a little baggy around the hips, <laughs> and putting his hands on his hips like a tiny little, like a, a tiny little soldier going, well, he's not coming out of the closet anytime soon. I know. Sassy, sassy motherfucker. Yeah. And this sassy Blaine. Sassy motherfucker. I also like that his wardrobe looked like they didn't quite have enough time to uh, tailor it before they started shooting this episode. 
Yes, like, but also that's, that's, that very, that's also very appropriate for, to for like a private private school, but like uniforms. Uniforms don't ever fit right. They look terrible on everybody. Some this people is, still look attractive because they're just attractive anyway. Everything. But yeah, this is that's a lie. It doesn't. So, so I mean, we we've we've clearly talked a lot about um, Blaine, and I think we could keep talking a lot about Blaine. Are we not? But I, Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying we're talk, not done talking about him. I'm just, I, I, my thoughts are, are progressing for, um, I did not watch this episode live. And oh. so I cannot give you my reaction to like having seen it live and then fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, that mm-hmm. was sort of what I was going for was did either of you guys watch it live? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I must have. I don't think I did because I'm pretty sure. And it's, this is funny going back to the declining numbers, the, the, conversation earlier I'm pretty sure I stopped around the second or third episode of season two because it's bad <laughs> and I didn't start watching again until original song so you were the you until, were, they, until like, I went in and they went they made it gay I'm yeah like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah they made it gay and you're like my show right that, that was that's pretty much it yeah, yeah. I yeah. back at that point so I don't think I watched this I mean I did I was I did because I liked Star Kid, like a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people, I recall being interested in him joining the show because they were fans of Harry Potter the musical. So that was like a weird excitement of, oh, he made it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, oh, he got a job. Well, yeah, cause Especially because I... apparently it took him like four times to audition. Apparently. Well, he's not saying, I'm sorry. Yeah, according uh, to one story, this was the first time he even looked at it. He didn't know anything about it, even though in other stories he'd watched it from the beginning. So, you know, whatever. Back. But, back um, guys. yeah, I, I definitely watched it after Mandy had started watching it because she was like, you need to see this show. And it's got, it's got the guy from, from um, Harry, the Harry Potter musical. And it's gay. And I was like, I did. That that was my selling point. It was. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't like Kurt, and I didn't think Kurt was a good representation of a gay character in season one. But once I started to develop, like, oh, he gets a relationship now. This is not a token situation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was more interested. That makes sense. I was Um, looking through um through looking through reviews of the episode to see. What the immediate reaction was, and it's actually a lot more negative than I remember it being. A lot of the reviews are like, "What a boring ass episode," and "What a stupid ass episode." And like, I, that's, um, that's the, AV, what I the AV Club gave it a D. <laughs> it's like shit. I and mean, they're not totally wrong. A lot of a lot of this episode is bad. I'm just I got Blaine colored glasses on, right? Like, if if that had been removed from the episode it's probably a pretty terrible episode for me if you really think about it i i will see i look uh, breathe looking back before rewatching it all i knew of this episode was dolphins and i didn't remember anything else because all of their storylines are dumb mm-hmm. and so spending most of the episode going i don't care about this let's move on and not telling myself, I, like, I was not allowed to fast forward. I had to actually watch it so I could form an opinion. And mm. that opinion ended up being, this is dumb, I should have fast forwarded. Um, yeah, I can see why people would look at this episode and go, this was like a D episode um, in, some, in some ways. I also saw a lot of articles think, saying that, one, Blaine's advice was bad. And I was like, yeah, no, that's right. That's, that's right. Um, that Dalton was, uh, was unrealistic. To which I was like, yeah, but what the rest of the show has been realistic. So right, exactly. I thought that was an unfair, an unfair negative. That was actually um, a very then, common point in the reviews is yeah. that uh, Dalton was a gay utopia that couldn't possibly exist. And it was one of those like, so fucking what? Like for once, can an underrepresented community have something positive to look at and hope for and wish for? a place to go where you're treated like a normal human being with respect and dignity and everybody has a good time and likes you is that, also, is that really how so wrong? terrible is it how terrible is it that the that oh this school that doesn't allow any bullying 
and allows for kids to be themselves is unrealistic. Yeah. Like it's the like, rest of the yes, show is a also, reality. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, there, were, there were comments about, about Coulter's acting was the only thing that lifted up the, that storyline because everything else was just, it was very twee and unrealistic. And I was like, well, that's over, that's, that's a lot. And I feel like the episode, um, in retrospect, like we all talk about it very positively now because it was like sort of a turning point. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I wonder, like, would we still love this episode if like Blaine had just stayed a mentor and he had, and he had like left? If it was just a, I mean, part of me wants to say yes because I mean, no, I don't think I would have because the yeah. relationship is what I wanted to see. I didn't want to see side gay characters who show up to get like shit on and then be sarcastic. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see gay characters being treated the same as the straight ones. Yep. And Glee, I might have lived to regret that, but <laughs> you still, did. Yeah, yeah. You did. yeah, we all did. I'll still stick by the fact that that was a good thing to have wanted. I was just too idealistic about it. You reached too far. <laughs> you reached too high. I mean, I, guess, I you know, Blaine had like stayed a mentor and had been kind of a tertiary character who comes and gives gay genie advice, but Kurt also got another love interest that lasted. All right, I'm just happy that it was Blaine because like that little. That was my. I think that was my argument. Is like okay, not that Kurt doesn't get a love storyline, but that yeah, Blaine stays as gay gay genie, um, which drops in, says a wise thing, and then leaves. But Kurt eventually does get like a love storyline in high school. Maybe he gets a different one in college, etc. Um, so you do get to see a a gay character still having a gay romance yep. storyline, but maybe it wasn't blank. Would we still look at this episode and go, oh my God, I love this episode as much as I do? Uh, of um, course not. It's because it was the beginning of, of Clane, right? Like you, yeah. you look back at this episode and you're like, look at this weird little <laughs> egotistical jerk, like, I'm your new Yoda. Like, if it if it had gone in a different route, you could really easily be like, God, Glaze is fucking annoying. Just putting his nose into everybody's business, thinking he's top dog at the school. But because he becomes basically an entirely different character, right? It, it's the beginning of a relationship that I think a lot of us, except for those heartless assholes out there who hate Clay, and we can talk to you guys later. <laughs> I'm not- Emily we'll will meet you, you behind the school. We'll meet you behind the school and we're going to have words. Uh, um, that's not true. All opinions are valid. Um, I feel like people who really hate Clay are probably going to uh, take this as a jumping off point. <laughs> probably, yes. Yeah, like, see, he was abusive even in the beginning. Talk to all of you after class. Much like Glee, our season two ratings are going to start to decline. Yep. <laughs> Oh my god. Suddenly I, we get I, too gay and too opinionated. Maybe we won't share our set gossip. Maybe we won't share our set gossip. Or do we'll do, that'll be the that'll be the episodes that work really well. Um <laughs> so let's talk shit so, about what actually happened. I um had a super important point and I don't remember what it was. But I know it was really, really important. That's all I remember. Um so important. Was it that this was the best version of Teenage Dream and we don't talk about that other version of Teenage Dream? I agree with that. Okay. I like the song. I know it's overly auto-tuned, but like it's so fucking happy and so joyous that I I love it. And I'm not going to be ashamed of that. So I do think I remember my point now, which was uh, you pointing out Blaine being a cocky little shit. Shit bag. You know. Um, and I think both both Blaine and, and Kurt um, are the way they are due to um, the acting. <laughs> I, D- Darren, Darren is inherently charismatic. He's very, very charismatic and use that charisma with Blaine to make his, you cocky little shit. Yeah. Be at least mildly, it, very, very little, little annoying, occasionally 
mostly amusing. Yeah. And then, and then I feel like Kurt could have also easily have been um, falling further into stereotype, stereotype parody or melodramatic over the top. And I feel Chris, Chris was able to kind of ride that line more so in later seasons, obviously. But um, yeah, I think that's kind of why you end up looking at you looking at you watching this episode and, and feeling those those nostalgic feels. Now now that we've gone into all of that, um favorite song? You don't get to pick that one. I didn't like any of the other songs. Yeah, I mean they're like they're uh, they're fine. I thought One Love was like a weird choice for them to sing in the courtyard. But like mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the other one of the reviews no go ahead i as far as one love goes um i appreciate kevin singing but i can't really yeah. enjoy any of those yeah no it's I, hard for you like well cool it's hard yeah i mean it's hard to watch mark basically without going into any of the other stuff it is i yeah. agree i did like stop in the name of love and free your mind i thought i thought it was an interesting mashup um, also, I just watched Kurt most of the time, and because Chris's dance moves are still really funny right now, and they are. Um, he's he really does his own thing in the group dances. He does, and I and I find it hilarious in a very in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. And I firmly encourage him to continue doing this. And part of me also just wants to think that maybe like Emma Pillsbury was like taping it, and Kurt got a hold of the the performance and like texted it to Blaine again. Again, we're going into fixed territory, but this is sort of like just things that I want in my life. So, um, I mean, if I had Blaine signs his texts with his name as if they'd come from anybody else, why not have him email a video? Like, sure. I know. I mean, because it also sort of feels like a thing Kurt would do with as like when he tries to be like, I'm not into you, but like meanwhile, I'm super into you and not hiding it well at all. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I, I feel like that's a thing he would do. Um, I do also want to point out that I have some affection for Start Me Up Living on a Prayer because apparently Heather Morris dropped a microphone and lay in Michelle's head. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine that went well. Just like so that? I a, yeah, I just, just like that. So yeah, I have a little bit of affection for that. Um, <laughs> uh, I was going to say, what kind of it's called the songs like extraneous and that in this episode in particular, the use of songs really kind of detracted from the whole of the episode because there was so much going on. Kind of mm-hmm. true, other than Teenage Dream, and nobody can take it away from me. Well, to be fair, um, Teenage Dream uh, reached number one on, uh, on the iTunes download chart right after, and it is still the most successful released song from the show, and I yep. don't think it's ever going to not be. And um, that's, that's, pretty, yep. that, that's pretty significant, considering I know the uh the journey song was on the radio a shit mm-hmm. ton when the when season one first came out i mean so, i remember hearing this everywhere like radio you go into a grocery store it's fucking playing like for a good couple of years these covers were everywhere and i think we kind of forgot that as 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 the season series went on and they stopped being like played on the radio yeah and yeah so, that's right, kids. But, you could hear Glee covers on the radio. That's right. But yeah, so I while people may have said like at the time, this the reviews may have been like, this show was a was like was meh and these songs were stupid. It's sort of like it, it's interesting to see now kind of going back some of the um The, the show was stupid and it was crazy popular for a while. Like both things are true. We were all drinking the water. Um, so does anybody have any uh, favorite lines? Um, um, I feel like I mostly have least favorite lines. I also <laughs> didn't, I didn't write down the exact quote. And this is something I've complained about before, but I don't like that Kurt's go-to insults still involve service jobs. Yeah, I know. Especially when his dad is a mechanic. Like, come on. Don't, yeah. Be better, Kurt. Be better. Well, he's got a mentor now, so he yeah. won't. He will, he will be better. Uh, He'll be a lot better because now, now Blaine will be like, "That's not an acceptable thing to say." Yeah, I, I think my favorite line is just, "My name's Blaine." 
actually no, I think it's Beast going, you think the Nutcracker's just a musical? <laughs> I, I really oh did God. like the wound curse in our line too. That actually made me Oh yeah. Those are they're funny. Yeah. Such untapped potential. Jane Lynch's comedic timing is just so great. It's it perfect. I stare at some look at some wounds i i'm 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 leaning into uh well he's not coming in because um it is a real throw it's a real throwaway line but like the fucking way he says it is just like Mm -hmm. god damn it's a line reading (laughs) you fucking sassy ass bitch my problem with that is things i can't say because of future events but i just get away blame get away from are you talking about fictional events or We're talking about a thing that never happens in the show and we will not discuss it <laughs> fair enough i was thinking of maybe non-fictional events but okay oh. i'm just gonna cut that from the what is it? cut that from the podcast oh i i get you no no we're gonna leave it I, in <laughs> make it nice and confusing just gonna leave it in if you know you oh. know and if you don't know it's cool it's fine fine it's fine, it's all it's fine. fine. we're all fine here we're not fine it's fine, we're all fine here <laughs> okay, so um, favorite lines, favorite songs. We have a Kevin, Kevin rating for this. I mean, he had part of a song and some lines, right? Yeah. Actually, if you think about it, he had a whole storyline. It just gets yeah. eclipsed, right? Like he had the whole thing with Puck and breadsticks and double dating with Santana. Oh my Brit- God, I forgot that already. Oh yeah, the, he has he's like <laughs> half the show. <laughs> it's just not the half we care about. Sorry, um, Artie fans, like, we know he's in the show more than we talked about, but, like, eh. But also, like, this is a really long episode already, and we can't do that. I feel like, honestly, he gets, like, three Kevins, because he's got the song, he's got the whole thing, and we just kind of, we kind of ignored him. Yeah, we we can give him three Kevins, just for us ignoring him. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Pity Kevins. Some pity Kevins to go with Beast's pity kiss. Um... Side note. So we've got we've got three Kevins, which is I believe a a series first or high highest Kevins we've given out. It um, might be. I honestly don't remember at the moment. I don't know. He's had focus episodes, so yeah, wheels. I forget what we gave him for yeah. wheels. But where does where does this episode fall on the claim index? Oh, the we have claim claim, decks. We have a claim decks. Oh. Um. Hmm. Well, can't wait to use that in later seasons. Yeah. It's feel, I mean, it's, we got some, like, we got lines in this episode that have occurred, and I'm going to say 87% of all claim fic. Yeah. yeah. Like, I've, I've never sure. read one that didn't include courage, personally. <laughs> unless, unless, unless they were, like, specifically going into an AU situation, in which case, obviously, not going to include certain things. But, I yeah. Mean, still include them, even in the AU situations. You still get, like, don't forget your jacket new hire on the police force <laughs> so, i ran okay, so on the dot, 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 detective hummel like on oh, the plain decks of uh one to ten then you're putting this oh. at like what an eight this is like an out of ten and not out of five shit uh, i was trying to th- i was trying to shake things up i'm this isn't to say that this is better than the me. uh no yeah. yeah, it's just different I feel like a seven, right? Because it's a really good start. Uh, we have to leave room for original song. Yeah. Um, it's a good start. Positive. There's and they have that, a chunk of 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 actual storyline, not just background filler. There's touching. There's some touching. There's dialogue. Um, Kurt smiles because of Blaine, so that's new. Ah, that's right. There was one of the there was one of the reviews. Somebody said that they really liked um, they really liked the Blaine because it was the first time they saw Kurt actually smile. Yeah. So yeah. And like, look at these young kids. All right, we got we got three three out of five Kevin's and seven out of ten on a clean deck. Not a bad episode. It's not bad. I mean, like ignoring everything else that happens, it's not bad. It's not bad. Let's <laughs> focus on those two things. Focus that Kevin did well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Blaine exists. Blaine exists now. He's here. Popped out of a whatever from wherever he came from. Twenty-seven episodes, but like we got there, we got to Blaine, and he is finally here. Oh, finally. 
And now the show can really uh, begin. And we're sorry for all of you Blaine haters out there. I I don't think they're with us anymore. And we'll fight you. Behind the bleachers. We'll find you and we'll fight you. All right. This has been a very long podcast. Has um, it? I don't know. Yeah. Kudos to the uh, the people that are still going to be listening. Um, and the people that have to edit it because yeah, to like, make it somewhat somewhat more palatable to most people. Uh, uh, eh, whatever. I'm just gonna leave. Yeah. I'm just gonna leave everything in, honestly. Everything, everything stays. But all yeah. right. So I guess with leaving on a blame note, uh, that's what you guys missed on Glee. Mm-hmm.